Yes, I am. Thank you. They've led us out of Alcatraz and uh, we are able to roam the countryside, which is great. Uh, so good to be with you again. We had a great time at uh, Redcliffe this morning and it feels like it's been so long since I've been at Emerge. Uh, nine months last year, our lockdown went. Uh, so we did not have live gatherings for nine months, online church for nine months. I was getting sick of watching myself on the screen. I said, I'm not listening to that bloke anymore. We need to to get back to live gatherings. And just before Christmas, we started to meet together live. And now everyone's coming back and it's just wonderful. And uh, you've obviously uh, really valued the relationship with uh, Pastors Mark and Nina and just hearing all that God's been doing and sustaining you over last year. We've all been through a very challenging season and yet Jesus is still building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And so uh, tonight I'm looking forward to be back, going to be preaching on the power of the kingdom. Just want to pray for people and just uh, move with the Holy Spirit and see what God does. But we don't have to wait till tonight. Let's get there right now. And um, uh, just uh, this morning, as I was praying in my devotions, God put a very clear and specific word on my heart for you. And I asked Pastor Mark permission to share that at Redcliffe and um, did so. And I want to share it with you today. But in prayer this morning, the Lord spoke to me and said that there would be a total of six locations that he would bless you with in the next six years. So I understand, uh, Pastor Mark said after that, that you have three locations. I really saw that God was going to bless you with another three in the next six years. And that right now was a time of intensive leadership development. And the prayer that would be uh, front and centre uh, on your hearts as you move forward in the future. Luke 10, 2, the harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise up labourers and send them out into the harvest field. And I felt like the Lord said, you will not lack labourers for the harvest that God has called you to reap. You will not lack. You will have an army of labourers. And the Lord showed me a picture of all of these people, uh, many of them young adults, but also the generations coming together, that uh, an army of people with like a golden sickle in their hand, equipped and empowered and knowing how to use it to reap the harvest. And uh, the Lord spoke to me this phrase, and I've never said this before. He said, tell them the present need mustn't take precedent over preparation for future opportunity. The present needs mustn't take precedent over preparation for future opportunity. All of us have needs in our lives. We all have needs in the life of the church and they're important. And the Bible says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. However, that must not take our focus away from the future opportunities and things that God is taking you to. And the emphasis on prepare, prepare, prepare. That just as Joseph in Egypt stored up grain in seven years of plenty for the future, the Lord says you will fill the storehouse of the church with resource, both people and provision for the future of the church. And I really just heard uh, the Lord impressed upon my heart that He has anointed your pastors, pastors Mark and Nina, with wisdom to build for future generations. And I see that, Lord, obviously, uh, upon your leadership team and upon the partnership 
of the board and all the people coming together. He has called and anointed your leaders, your pastors, with grace and wisdom to be able to build for the future. Can we just pray together uh, around that word as we get into what God wants to say today? Father, we just thank you that, God, you are building your church And Lord, we thank you that you're a God who still speaks today. You're a God who prophesies. You're a God who declares. And we just open up our hearts to receive what you want to say today. Give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Give us a heart to receive it. Give us uh, uh, energy in our bodies to pursue it. And Lord, I pray that faith would rise up in our hearts, rise up in this church, that Lord, uh, as we all emerge from 2020 and all that was involved, Father, I just pray that, Lord, every church in Brisbane would be filled to overflowing and that, Father, we would see churches being planted, your kingdom advancing, and, Lord, that your spirit is breaking out. Great awakening, Father, I declare, Lord, upon this house and upon the church in this city. And, God, we just ask, come now, quicken your word to my mind and heart as we uh, come around your word. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Why don't you turn with me in your Bible to uh, Matthew chapter 6. I want to read from verses 9 to 10. And just two short verses found in the Lord's Prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer because Jesus didn't have to ask for forgiveness of sins. But we call it the Lord's Prayer because uh, Jesus taught us to pray with this prayer. Verse 9, Jesus said, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to uh, speak to you this morning on the subject, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. We had a uh, lady, a medical doctor in our church a couple of years ago by the name of Evelyn. And uh, she was a Filipino lady and Her kids were coming to the church, but she wasn't. She was not a believer, and yet she uh, uh, was uh, sitting in one of our services at one of our locations one Sunday, and I was ministering. And at the end of the message, she made a decision to follow Jesus, and her whole life uh, was impacted from that day. And she came down at the end of the service and asked for prayer. And uh, she uh, said to me... um, Uh, many months later, about four or five months later after this event, she walked up to me at one of our revival prayer nights and said, Pastor Corey, I was a skeptic, but now I'm a believer. And I I love that. And I said, unpack that. What happened? And she was telling me this story of how we were ministering at a location and she came down for prayer. And she said, what you didn't know is that I was recently diagnosed with a cancerous tumour the size of a golf ball in my neck and uh, a tumour in my shoulder. And she said, um, uh, you prayed with me and you anointed me with oil. And she said, I went back to the doctor to get tested a few weeks later. And being a medical practitioner, I understood what was involved in the tests and what was involved in the treatment. And the doctor, the specialist, checked for these tumours and couldn't find where they were. And said, we've got to test again and test again. Still couldn't find it. And the doctor said, I don't understand it. They've completely disappeared from your body. And she said, no, 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 something must be wrong. The equipment's wrong. Test again. So they ended up testing four times and the tumours had completely disappeared. She'd been miraculously healed. And she, so she walks up to me in the revival prayer meeting and says, I was a skeptic, but now 
I'm a believer. You see, when Jesus began his public ministry in the Gospels, he came proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when Jesus declared that, he was announcing the arrival of the kingdom. And the arrival of the kingdom was primarily evidenced by a manifestation of power. The Bible says in Matthew 12, 28, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then you know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so without a manifestation of power, we need to question whether or not the kingdom is actually present. If we are just coming to church and living our lives, hearing good information that doesn't actually lead to a transformation of our hearts and of our expectation for the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit to break into our everyday lives, then we need to question what is it that we actually believe about the truth of the kingdom of God? Because in 1 Corinthians 4.20, the Bible says the kingdom of God doesn't consist in talk, but power. Jesus spoke more about the kingdom than anything else in his ministry. The kingdom of God was a central message in Jesus' ministry. In the Gospels, in the New Testament, particularly with Jesus' ministry, the, the kingdom of God and Jesus was inseparable. Sort of a bit like a Collingwood supporter in Melbourne without teeth. They're inseparable. It's sort of they just go hand in hand. And so in the Gospels and in the New Testament, we see that wherever Jesus is, the kingdom is. Wherever the kingdom is, God's power is. And wherever the kingdom goes, the church is being built up. Unfortunately, I think the modern church often separates our ministry to the world from the message of the kingdom. And so what often happens is when we present to the world a, a, a ministry, an activity void of kingdom truth, kingdom authority, and kingdom power, we present to the world an inferior view of who God actually is. And our gospel becomes disempowered and powerless to affect change in people's lives, to affect change in the community. And could it be that unfortunately in some of the Western church, there is this correlation between the powerlessness of the church and the neglect of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so it's important and imperative that we understand what is the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached versus other distorted ideas of the gospel. Because in Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Maybe one of the reasons why Jesus has not returned yet is because we're preaching a different gospel to the gospel that Jesus came to preach. And I'm obviously, I'm not suggesting us as Emerge Church here today, maybe the church down the road or maybe the church on the other side of town, but I do know in my own ministry there have been times where I have been challenged, what gospel am I preaching? What message am I actually discipling people into? You see, in a world that's filled with so much bad news at the moment, if ever there was a time for our cities and communities to hear the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God, now is that time. Romans 1.16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. 
And so if we are going to focus on the gospel of the kingdom and we're going to understand it and and live it out in our daily lives, we need to highlight what are some of those distorted views of the kingdom that maybe without even really processing consciously, we've accepted as being that's what the gospel is. Well, one of those views of the gospel of the kingdom was informed and popularized by a theologian by the name of St. Augustine. He had this view of the kingdom many centuries ago that the kingdom of God was established through political rule over society. And so when the kingdom comes, it merges and morphs with the state and it's established through money and military might. And so this is where we see the church throughout human history sort of inform who becomes emperor and who becomes the king and what happens here. And you almost had to have the blessing of the church because the idea of kingdom was established through the church and the relationship with the state. And whilst I believe the kingdom of God needs to influence and be salt and light in the political arena, it was Jesus who said to Pontius Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. It is not established through military might and money. It operates by a different pattern and a different principle to man's ideology of what is going on, even in the political space. Secondly, another distorted view is the historical view of God's kingdom, which is only focused on what God did in history, not on what God is doing now or what God's going to do in the future. So it's awesome what God did in the Old Testament and what God did thousands of years ago, and that's where the kingdom was, but it is irrelevant to us now. And so when we read the Bible, we're reading an historical book rather than a relevant book that is important for our day and age. That's not what the kingdom of God is. The opposite view to that historical view is the future view of the kingdom. And that is the kingdom of God can only be experienced at the end of the age or when I die. It has no relevance now. And so whilst the Bible teaches that there's coming a day where the fullness and consummation of the kingdom will take place at the return of Jesus Christ, this view basically says you can't access the kingdom unless you are dead or unless Jesus returns. But that's neither what the gospel teaches or what the New Testament teaches. Another view of the kingdom that's become quite popular in Western church circles is this idea of that the kingdom is, is there to simply right the wrongs of social injustices in society. And so this view of the kingdom largely ignores the spiritual dimension of people's souls and people's eternities and focuses more on the present and practical needs that people are facing. And how many of us know the gospel and the Bible has answers for the social injustices and the social ills that are in our society? But I know a whole bunch of people who lead companies and not-for-profit and social charities that do amazing work, but all of those people that they're ministering to practically still do not know that they're in desperate need of salvation and that they're gonna spend a Christless eternity far away from God. And so whilst the church's message must include ministering to the practical issues and homelessness and poverty and all that we see that are injustices in our culture. If we ignore the spiritual dimension, then people might be looked after in this present age, but spend all eternity separated from Christ. The view of the kingdom that Jesus preached 
was not these views, nor was it the motivational view of the kingdom, which is essentially a self-help gospel that is aimed at helping you live your best life now. It's all about helping you have the best marriage, the best finances, the best health, the best working life now. And whilst the the Bible has lots of different uh, tips and ideas and commandments and instructions about how we are to manage the practical affairs of our lives, the motivational self-help gospel never challenges the dysfunction of our own hearts. It sort of almost uh, makes us feel good about our dysfunctions and simply gives us laws and principles to live by, which essentially uh, lead us to a performance orientation where we believe the end result is we believe it's salvation by works of the law, not by faith in Jesus Christ and the grace that He gives to us. So whilst the kingdom can minister and meet some of the practical needs of now, The the kingdom of God comes with Holy Spirit power to transform people's souls. It comes with conviction to challenge us from our sinfulness and our selfishness to deny ourselves and to go and follow Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And so the heart view of the kingdom is also another distorted view, which essentially says the kingdom of God only reigns in my heart. And so therefore, King Jesus is only king over the body of Christ. King Jesus is not king over the entire universe. And yet you need to understand that God is not dependent on your moral obedience to still be the king of creation and the Lord of Lords. And so whether you today are at our Moray Field location or here at Warner, you need to understand that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, even whether you acknowledge Him as such in your life. But what God wants to do is invite you into His family as a citizen of the Kingdom of God, as a son and daughter, where you are living in the fullness of the expression of the Kingdom of God in your life. So we need to understand what the gospel of the kingdom is. And one of the best definitions that I have come across in God's Word and and through studying this is that the kingdom of God is wherever the king and his rule is among us. Wherever King Jesus' presence is, wherever his rule is in full effect in our lives, that's where the kingdom is. I love what Numbers 23, 21 says, the prophet Balaam was asked to curse God's people, but instead he prophesied blessing upon God's people. And he declared, the Lord their God is with them and the shout of the King is among them. I believe that whenever we gather together as God's people, there should be the shout of the King amongst us. There should be a shout of victory. And that is not dependent upon whether you're introverted or extroverted or you don't like people or you really love people. It should be dependent upon the revelation of God in your own heart that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords and that He is uh, ultimately has the keys of death and Hades in His hand. He's conquered sin and Satan and death. And whenever we lift up our voice and sing and whenever we pray and whenever we worship, we are declaring the shout of the King is among us and God is moving in power and authority to transform people's lives. You see, in the Greek, the word kingdom means basilia and it means not a place, but a realm in which God rules and reigns. The kingdom of God or any kingdom is made up of four elements. There is the king, 
there is a jurisdiction or territory, there are laws and there are citizens. In the kingdom of God, Jesus is king. The universe is his jurisdiction. The law is the word of God. And the citizens are the sons and daughters of God, the family of God called the church. You and I are citizens, sons and daughters called into partnership with God in his kingdom and family. And so the kingdom is in full effect in your life, in my life and amongst us when the king and his will is in full expression and control in our lives. Not control to punish us, but control in the sense of empowerment to live the life that God has called us to. Whenever King Jesus shows up and we talk about the Lordship of Jesus, it's not about control as we understand manipulation from a man or a human perspective. It's about empowering you to be the person that God called and created you to be and to be a healthy functioning member of God's family on earth. That's what the idea of empowerment is. And so the good news that Jesus preached when he came and declared the kingdom of heaven is at hand is he was saying the king is here now to defeat Satan, the adversary. And we saw that Jesus defeated Satan, not on the cross alone, but in the wilderness before he ever got to the cross. So Jesus was saying, the adversary who took your dominion away from you because you handed it to him in Genesis 3 at the fall of creation. You gave away the authority and dominion I gave to you uh, when I came and created you. I'm now coming back to reclaim and restore so that you can be reconciled back to your heavenly Father. And you can exercise that dominion and authority across the earth. So when you and I repent of our sin and we believe in Jesus, that word repentance is a really important word. We don't use it a lot in our modern Western vernacular, but the idea of repentance is, is recognising that Jesus is Lord and He is the King of my life and I am not. And so repentance is a turning away from my ideas and from the pattern of this world and being transformed by the renewing of our minds and turning to follow Jesus and His ideas for how life is to be lived, which are contained within His law, within His Word. And that helps me then as I come into agreement with that Word and believe in Jesus. The Bible tells me that I am now born again. I am born of the Spirit and I am now ushered into the Kingdom of God. I am a citizen in the kingdom of God and I have access to the things that God says I have access to in His Word, in His kingdom. And so there are three basic expressions of the kingdom of God as the Bible reveals. One expression of that is what we know as kingdom eternal. This is where God sovereignly rules outside of time and space. This is where it doesn't matter how much you pray or what you do, God's sovereign cosmic plan is gonna come to pass as it weaves through the corridors and pages of history. That's why don't be alarmed when, when kings and rulers and presidents and premiers and etc. make edicts and declarations in this age about you know morality and about what God and the church can do and can't do. And whilst it's important we have a voice and we 
we're involved in the affairs of what's happening on planet Earth, you need to understand something. God's plan for this planet is not going to be thwarted by any individual or by any person. His plan is sovereign. It will be established. That's God's eternal kingdom. But then you have the kingdom that's to come. This is the idea in the Bible where it's the fullness or the consummation of the kingdom of God at the second coming of Jesus, where Jesus not only comes for his bride, the church, but he restores in all of its fullness the kingdom of God on earth. That's the idea of kingdom to come. But then there is, the Bible teaches, this idea of kingdom now, and this is where you and I come in. Kingdom now is the immediate breaking in of kingdom power in our daily lives in the earthly realm. And the purpose of kingdom now is for the kingdom of God to be established on earth through our lives. It's where you and I partner with God to bring heaven to earth. This is why Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's interesting to me, and particularly last year, I saw this down in Victoria, but you know, some believers are, are trying to escape the, the chaos of planet Earth, whilst God and His kingdom is trying to get into the chaos of planet Earth. The easier option is to jump on the rapture bus with our gospel ticket and sort of just get out of here because it's just crazy and we don't want to be here anymore. But actually what you need to understand at the end of the age, God establishes His kingdom on earth. We're not going somewhere. This is the planet He gave to us. The kingdom of heaven is gonna be restored in all of its fullness, in all of its purity on this planet. And so we need to understand that we have a role to play in that. So when Jesus declared the kingdom of heaven is at hand, He was declaring the kingdom of God has now broken into the earthly realm. God's original intention in the Garden of Eden was for earth in all of its fullness to look more and more like heaven. God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. That was not just about the reproduction of the human species and the generations of mankind. It was a call to establish and advance the fullness and perfection and the purity of God's kingdom right across the planet. This entire planet was supposed to look like Eden. This entire planet was supposed to reflect the brilliance of what it means to be in a relationship with God as our Father who walks with us in the cool of the day day and talks with us without any separation, without any sin or, or knowledge of good and evil uh, sort of separating us from the fullness of our understanding of who He is. But as you know from the Genesis account, we took matters into our own hands. We do what many people do today. They say, I know better than God. I'll do it my way. I'll do it on my terms. And any parent in this room knows how that goes with their kids. The kids decide, I know better than mum and dad. I'll do it my way. And then pretty soon they try it. It goes pear-shaped and they come back to mum and dad if they're humble enough and say, mum and dad, can I have your help? 
I actually don't know how to do this. I don't know how to run my life. I don't know how this all works. Well, the same thing sort of happened in Genesis 3, that after the fall, there was this shame that came onto Adam and Eve's heart and there was this separation because of sin. All of us now, ever since then, have fallen short of the glory of God and yet God's original intention for His kingdom and His family to be established on earth was still intact. It came through Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago when He came and was sent because God loved us so much. He gave us His one and only Son and He said, now that which was lost in Eden will be restored through Jesus Christ and my chosen family will be the church, my people, and you'll be in covenant relationship with me and you will be commissioned to advance my kingdom across the earth. That's what the Bible teaches. That's the consistent narrative from Genesis 1 through to Revelation 22. More and more of this planet is supposed to look more and more like the kingdom of heaven. And when the kingdom of God comes in our everyday lives, four things happen. First thing that happens is God's presence becomes tangible. If you've been, maybe experienced it this morning, maybe you're sensing it right now, that as the word goes forth, that as worship is lifted up, maybe it's in a life group somewhere, a small group you're meeting, maybe it's when you're praying in your devotions, you become tangibly aware of the presence of God manifesting in your spirit and, and, and you're conscious of it, you're aware. This is not just natural right now, there's something supernatural happening here. When the kingdom comes, God's presence becomes tangible. When the kingdom comes or arrives, Satan's agenda is defeated. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared is to destroy the works of the devil. No Christian should be afraid of any uh, agenda or attack of intelligent evil coming against them because you're a son and daughter of God. Jesus came to destroy intelligent evil. He came to destroy the works of the devil in your life. And so a Christianity or a church experience that is void of seeing people set free from demonic oppression and torment in their lives by the power of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit is truly not reflective of the kingdom of God that Jesus came to preach. Because over 40% of Jesus' ministry in the Gospels was setting people free from demonic influence in their life. In fact, I remember when I was a youth young adult pastor nearly 20 years ago, I got a phone call at midnight from the creative pastor to say that one of his team was uh, uh, acting very strange and manifesting some sort of demonic tendencies. And I initially thought to myself, well, it's always the creative team. And so um, that's a joke. That's a joke. And so uh, I'm like, why are you calling me? Oh, it's like, my number's not 1-800-GHOSTBUSTER. Don't call me. I want to go to bed. Like, you deal with it. You're a Christian. It's like, I'm not the SWAT unit. You work it out. And they're like, we don't know what to do, but we've heard you know what to do. Can you please come and help us? And so I reluctantly, you know, uh, got, uh, got out of my PJs and put the clothes on. And I'm there at about 12.30 a.m. And, and I knew I was in the right house, even though the young man that I was going to minister to did not know that I was coming to minister to him. When I walked through the front door of the creative pastor, opened the door, I put one foot on the property and this voice, this gravelly voice said, don't bother, Corey, we're not going anywhere. I looked at the man and I said, well, at least I know I'm in the right house. I mean, it's good to know you're known in hell. And so... 
I step in and we ministered freedom to this young man in just a few minutes, so miraculously that that young man now married with kids. He's a youth pastor. God has raised him up and blessed him and used him in such a mighty way. You see, when you encounter the kingdom of God, he's not just about getting passengers out. He's about filling you with his Holy Spirit and empowering you to fulfill the call of God that's upon your life. And often we get more enamoured with the sort of the, 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 the froth and bubble and the lights and sirens of the moment, forgetting that the reason why God cleanses and sets people free is because He loves them and He has a destiny and a purpose for them in their future. So when God's kingdom comes, thirdly, lost people get saved. We should be seeing more and more people who are far away from God come into a saving relationship with Jesus. Jesus said the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. There should be this growing heart inside each of us for those who are far away from God. The fourth thing that happens when the kingdom comes is a new people are formed. What is that new people? That new people is the church. Wherever the kingdom advances, churches get planted. Wherever the kingdom advances, churches multiply. Because Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Often we read that and we go, yeah, that's right. He was saying that Peter and Peter uh, in the Greek, Petra means rock. And so he was saying on this rock, on Peter. And so the Catholic church has said, well, Peter's the head of the church. But because, you know, uh, Jesus said he was going to build his church on Peter. That's not what Jesus was talking about. In fact, Jesus took the disciples to a place. And we we're talking about this in the car in Caesarea, where it was known as a place of in, where intelligent evil resided. It was known as a place that was a demonic place where um, Gentiles would go and indulge their flesh. And so the Jews knew that in this place, there was bad stuff going on. And Jesus says, hey, let me show you how powerful the kingdom of God will be. I, even in the very literal gates of hell, I will build my purposes. I will build my church. And the, it, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the forward advancement of the church as it demonstrates the power of the kingdom. You can have every confidence today. It doesn't matter who's in office in politics. It doesn't matter what chaos is going on in the world. Jesus will still build His church. The kingdom of God will still advance across the earth. And that doesn't mean we just sit back in our spiritual jacuzzis and just cheer Jesus on as He does all of the work. It means we understand that we have an active role to play in shaping history right now where we live. You see, when Jesus said, pray like this, your kingdom come, you will be done. He was saying, believe and ask me for the immediate intervention of God's supernatural power in earthly events. You see, in the Bible, when Moses lifted his staff over the Red Sea and the Spirit of God parted the waters, that was the breaking in of the kingdom of God in the earthly realm. When Elijah prayed and asked God to answer by fire and consume the sacrifice and God answered by fire, that's the kingdom of God breaking in. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den for praying to Yahweh and the mouths of the lions were shut, that's the kingdom of God breaking in. When Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in the furnace 
and yet they're not burnt. The angel of the Lord appears. What's that? That's the kingdom breaking in. When Jesus raises Lazarus up from the dead, he's been dead for four days. What is that? That's the kingdom breaking in. Whenever the kingdom manifests, the spiritual becomes visible. And just because maybe you in your own Christian journey have not experienced that to the fullness of what you read in the Bible or what you hear from other people's testimonies doesn't mean you can't begin to dip your foot in the water and begin to experience the fullness of the power of God's kingdom in your life. It comes not only through a revelation or renewal of your thinking, but it comes by faith in the truth of what God's Word says. You see, one of the most beautiful ideas that, that Jesus calls us to and the invitations that he's given to us is that he's invited us to play an active role in shaping history. Jesus wouldn't have asked us to pray your kingdom come if it wasn't a possibility, if he didn't intend to bring it. Jesus is not a man that sort of dangles the carrot in front of you and when you're just there, just pulls it away. And often we read things in the Bible and we're like, man, that sounds too good to be true. And generally we live in a world where if it sounds too good to be true, it generally is. And yet Jesus says, no, no, this is how I want you to pray. This is how I want you to live, not to fulfill some moral code, but because I actually know what's best for you and I wanna do something through you you could never do on your own. You see, when we pray your kingdom come, when we preach the kingdom of God, when we move in the power of kingdom, when, when, when we act kindly towards people, when we love people who maybe are difficult to love, when we serve in the life of the church, when we, when we steward our resources and we honour God in our giving, nothing is wasted in eternity. Nothing is wasted in the kingdom of God. God uses everything that we do for His kingdom and He uses it to build and shape His kingdom on earth. You are a carrier. If you're a believer in Jesus today, you're a carrier of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you. And God has given you and restored to you dominion, authority and power to begin to expect by faith that as you walk with Jesus in your daily life, in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, you can begin to expect the kingdom of God to manifest wherever you go. When I'm in a cafe, I'm expectant. God, you're gonna move somehow. What are you gonna do? It doesn't happen every time, but it's a natural part of my life. It's like years ago, you know, in fact, I'll tell that story tonight, but when you're in the fitness center and when you're doing stuff, with your friends and you're living your life, it's not just you have your natural life and then you have your church life and you have your spiritual life. No, when you're a Christian, everything is spiritual. You're not a super spiro. It's you bring your spirituality into your natural area of your life. And so wherever you go, the kingdom goes with you. So whether I'm at the airport or whether wherever I am, I expect I, I, I'm ready for anything God I'm ready. It's not like, oh, I've got to muster up to pray for someone. It's like, you know, hey, you just shared a need in your, can I just pray for you? This happens all over the world. Can I just pray for you? And it's as simple as breathing. You know, I was talking to Pastor Mark yesterday about some of the things that uh, different community groups that he's involved with and relationships that he builds. It's as natural as a part of his life as it is standing on a platform and sharing the gospel with you. And that's what God wants for every single one of us 
And I have a suspicion that some generation at some period of history took the gospel of the kingdom of God seriously because at the back of the book in Revelation eleven fifteen it declares the kingdom of this world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ he shall reign forever and ever. Which means some generation of believers said, we're gonna take that prayer seriously. We're gonna devote time, energy, resource and attention to seeing God's kingdom come on earth because there's coming a day, the Bible says, where the kingdoms of this world will become and be swallowed up in the kingdom of our God. That is what the Bible is all about. Taking us from Genesis to Revelation, encountering the goodness and grace of God to do what we could not do in our own strength and carrying this wonderful message of the kingdom to a lost and broken and hurting world to see God's kingdom come and His will be done. I wanna invite you to stand on your feet with me and the band to come. And I just wanna pray with you in this moment. Why don't you just close your eyes and And as an act of worship, maybe you just feel, you know, Lord, you're speaking to me today. You're speaking to me about some things in my heart and my life. You're awakening me to a greater purpose, a greater sense of calling upon my life. And maybe as an act of worship, you just wanna lift your hands right now as I begin to pray for you. Father, I, I bring to you every person in this room. I thank you, God, that you've called them You've created them. You've designed them for relationship with you. You've given them gifts and abilities, not simply to earn money or to draw attention to themselves of their own importance and significance, but to steward, to actually extend your kingdom in their daily life, in their relationships, in their workplace, in the streets and neighbourhoods, communities and cities that we find ourselves in. And Father, I pray today that the truth of the gospel of the kingdom will go so deep in our hearts that it would change us, it would transform us. That Father, we would be studying your word like never before as we see the footprint of the kingdom of God on every page. As we see the life of Jesus and all that he did and modeled to us. God, we want to follow after that example. You've made us in your image and your likeness. We are your truth and image bearers. Father, help us to represent you well. And Father, I pray today for anybody in this room right now that is far away from you. Maybe they've attended church, but they're distant from you and they're not close to you. And Christianity for them has become more of a exercise in a ritual or in meeting certain expectations of people around about them rather than actually being a faith-filled, personal, intimate relationship. Father, for others in this room right now who are here for the, maybe the first time or maybe have got a whole lot of God questions but have never asked you to become their Lord and Saviour, Father, right now, would you begin to, Lord, draw their heart to you? And all across this room right now, I just want everyone to keep their eyes shut but just lower your hands for a moment. I just wanna to speak to those people right now who I've just mentioned in prayer. 
Now, if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, or maybe you once did, but you're far away from God and you know today God is actually calling you to back to Himself. You need to know God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He created you for a relationship with Him. And God is calling your name today, even for those that uh, more I feel that, that you're there and you're watching this online For people who are watching this online right now, I actually want to invite you to consider where is your relationship with God at? Where's your faith at right now? How close are you to Jesus? Have you, has the fire that you once had for God become dull and sort of extinguished? Where you believe, but it's not really real and applied in your life. Whoever you are, whichever location you're watching this right now or hearing these words, I want to invite you to be a part of a prayer, a prayer of salvation, a prayer of belief and faith in Jesus, a prayer of consecration where you set yourself apart for that which God has called you to. And we're gonna pray together in a moment, but so I know who I'm praying for, would you just raise your hand right now if that's you? Say, yep, I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand. Thank you so much. Just over here. Is there anybody else today? We just want to see that hand and acknowledge it and pray with you. Just raise your hand up and we'll pray together. Even at that location, thank you, up the back. Even at that lo- other location, Murrayfield, we just ask you to just raise your hand. We're going to pray with you in a moment. I'm going to ask that all of us would pray out loud together. After me, repeat this prayer, particularly those who raise their hands. Let's join together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. And thank you for your love. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Come live in my heart. I want you to be my Lord and Saviour. I want to follow you all the days of my life. And I thank you that right now I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. The new has come. I belong in your kingdom. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just put our hands together and just honour all of those people? I don't know what you normally do, but I just feel like, can we just worship? Is that okay? Can we just lift up? Sometimes when certain messages come, the right response is just, God, I just worship you. I'm just in awe of who you are and what you've done and what your Word teaches. Can we just worship together? Let's lift our hands and our hearts to the Lord. Just shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus, we shout Jesus. We shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. And Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. 
Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus. Come on, lift it up. Come on, let's sing, let's worship. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Before I close in prayer and hand it back to Pastor Mark, I just want to just encourage my friend just in the shirt there, brother. Yeah, you, sir. Yeah, just encourage you. Is that your partner there? Yeah, awesome. Just want to encourage you. I just um, saw a couple of things. One thing is I, I saw um, God's favour on you in your particular work and your business, that this was going to be a year of significant breakthrough for you in your workplace and your work environment, particularly even your own credibility and influence with work colleagues. I saw two friends or two work colleagues that you were um, building relationship with, speaking into their lives. I saw them actually um, uh, attending church. I saw them um, connecting in and and, and something is going to happen or something has happened in their world in recent days that God has really positioned you to speak into their lives. And I just want to encourage you to be really uh, looking for that and open for that because I saw that it was almost going to surprise you. Uh, like, you know, really? You, you, you really want to come to church or you really want to hear this? And, and it's like God is going to use you as almost like a light in their area of darkness in their own life. And I saw them eventually making decisions to follow Christ and, and to not underestimate the seeds that you've sown in, in your, your working life and in their lives because God's blessing is on your household and He's going to use the blessing upon your lives to actually um, draw attention uh, in these people's lives to the reality of who God is. So Father, right now, I just thank You, Lord, for this couple. And I thank You, Father, that, Lord, You... Your, it, it's it's uh, your time for them on your calendar that God, you are bringing things into a place of convergence, that God, everything that you are going to pour out in this season, yes, is in response to their lives and their faithfulness, but also, Lord, it's about them being a witness and a light to people around about them that desperately need, Lord, answers for their questions and and insight and truth and solutions for problems. And Father, I just thank You that even, uh, I just see it will come one day in the form of just um, them being a sickness in the family. And, and I saw You just praying for them and I saw God moving through that. And God is gonna use that, 
that, that work of healing to actually draw and soften that person's heart to the gospel and the truth. And so, Father, I pray right now, Lord, quicken, oh God, courage and boldness to them. Give them wisdom to speak the right word in the right season. And uh, all across this room right now, I, I just feel if there is a sickness in your body right now, can we come into agreement and believe for healing right now? A manifestation of the kingdom of God in healing. And whilst we can lay hands on you, I just feel right now it's like if there's faith in the room, it'll come. And so right now, if you're sick, why don't you just lift your hands? I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to sing again over you. And so Father, right now in Jesus' Name, we take authority over every infirmity and sickness in people's bodies right now. And Father, I just declare that Your Kingdom will come and Your will will be done, oh God, in their body as it is in heaven right now. Father, I declare that lung conditions uh, where there is all sorts of lung conditions and infirmities right now. I pray for healing, supernatural recovery right now. I, I, I curse arthritis in Jesus' Name. I curse pain in people's lower backs. Someone here has had significant pain in their uh, lower lumbar area, even where doctors have talked about surgery. And I just see right now the divine surgeon, the great physician coming and ministering healing into your lower spine, your lower back region. And so right now in Jesus' Name, we just speak full recovery and full healing. Is anybody right now in this room say, yeah, that's, that's, I've had that, an issue in my lower back, my lower region right now. Can I just um, particularly, would you just come out, just wanna really appropriate that. Can we just extend our hands right now to our brother? Father, right now in Jesus' Name, God, we thank You that You care about us enjoying our lives, Lord, free of those physical pains, oh God, to be out. And there's been limitations on you and restrictions on you because of this. Father, right now in Jesus' Name, I pray that right now from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, that the power of the Holy Spirit would go through your spine and would realign, restore and correct that which has been painful, that which has been difficult. Father, we pray for a complete healing, recovery, transformation. And God, we just declare over every sick person's body today that there would be an outbreak of healing, an outbreak of healing, that in the next 24 hours, that there would be testimonies. The Lord says testimonies will begin to break forth. And make sure you text someone, make sure you post it and tell somebody, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is healing my body right now. Come on, can we just declare again, shout Jesus from the mountains. And shout Jesus.